ladies and gentlemen. Hello. I like that. that. That happens a couple of times when I've been doing these shows and I've always enjoyed it. Welcome to Stand Up Tragedy. My name's Dave and I'll be your host this evening. I'm very pleased that you could all join me down here at the Leicester Square Theatre. This is our big finale, the last of five shows that we've done down here. The tragedy will live on. The podcasts from this night will continue through June, maybe even beyond that. And I hope to do occasional podcast extras over the coming months. But the big plan currently is to try and take this show up to Edinburgh in 2013. And now, let's welcome Asha back to the stage for the second song that we're going to do together. Now, this song is about when a man meets a woman and then he kills her. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, I'm a harmonica solo played by Bruce Springsteen. I'll fuck your brain until you find that it's clean. Tonight in my empty house, I'll be Outside my window, a fragile rain falls down. It falls down. Water has no feeling. Water has no feeling. Water has no feeling. No. Because it has no feeling. Because it has no feeling. Because it has no feeling, it flows. Can you feel it flowing into me and into you? It inflates me and it drowns you. Drowning you, drowning you. It inflates me and it
fragile rain Gonna send it down So, next we have all the way from Cornwall the ace poet Marianne Morris, 2008 recipient of the Harper Woods Scholarship for Creative Writing, author of the poetry collections Tuto, Muse uh, and Commitment, and founder of Bad Press. Find her stuff at manemo.tumblr.com, manemo.tumblr.com. Check out Bad Press at badpress.tumblr.com. Her work will be featured in Blood Axe's forthcoming anthology, Dear World and Everyone in It. Please welcome Marianne to the stage. Apologies <laughs> for uh, my giving your introduction. Hello. Can everyone hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hi. Um, I'm going to read a little poem that I wrote about greed. Um, just to explain two references, uh, the name of the head of Lehman Brothers before it collapsed. Uh, was Richard Severin Fold, also known as Dick. Um, and the TLS is the Times Literary Supplement, um, who I was having a fight with at the time that I wrote the poem, so they're in there. <laughs> it's called So Few Richards, So Many Dicks. <laughs> I met my match in Repo 105. I am not a tactical representation, fidelity freak, and I won't tout any bullshit beyond dear poems. Today I love you. You are much better than Twitter, can eat itself, just ask any number of Severins, all of whom speak so slightly, rocking the square mile between friends. Half a billion for them on bended knee to stocks and shares of total compensation, no particular name to epitomize the urban contagion, any number of litigations await him, him, <coughs> her, their, but not really, or only perhaps, man of the year. Oh, heartbreak of the such-aching tenderness that we fought for, awaiting you in the hundred-dollar Florida mansion, bangs of gold plate plumped around some kind of sickening prick on fire at the tennis she opens her hands to receive. You know it's for the best. Willfully opening and splitting her tongue, I, man that resembled lizard, break next into your throat out of which beckons song. To me, it all resembles the past if I look incorrectly on time for the gold-dusted paper futures contract traded inside. Caught a child and held, rocked a circle in the mirror tipping outward. Let's make our own fucking money. Kiss up to dick-in-hand rhetoric. You be the bar, I'll be the drinks in love with every motion of the face, revealing its characters, father, goon, and executive fucker, all dance ahead of the bus, and in between bad practice, yogic breaths sever them from the Robin Hood Foundation, sucking out the compensation of love, stocks, and shares, awaiting you and Bob as well, whose atom was split by Sumitomo Mitsui in the early 2000s. Not merely was I a political secretary, but possessed of the ability to withstand the most egregious battering of capital organs about my own head, and in that various head cracked truth, that vaporous sheen meaning nothing collectively, but which upset the clockwork of days with anti-clockwise vibration every day. A financial time of the lyric self-look, oh how you shined salmon pink, if not out, then inside, and fell at every opportunity, oh just nominate Cassandra's hit single of death. 
We are all, each one of her, clearly visible to ourselves, and even then, only at cost and regularly preferring not to know. Pleasure you with a rolled up TLS. Everyone will be happy, not in denial of shit, but in accordance with it. Shit is the happening standard, visible almost exclusively from the inside. And we almost certainly, we, cannot deny shit. And so why would we deny shit if not to thank shit for promoting awareness about the proximity of shit to our live breathing, in and out in time to distance on time for the rendezvous <coughs> organized in accordance with the boundaries shit delineated. When controlling my means of production means I got my pen. I got my pen, I got my pen, my pen, my pen, my fucking pen. I got my pen, I got my pen, I got my pen, I got my pen, and with it pen, what could be termed variously a shit lyric, a sad posture, a broken vision, a pleasant bath time. Her girlfriend is a fox. She fucks foxgloves to death, and song penetrates the window, some passing offshoot of spring and the earth on fire, each winter longer than the last, and this one becoming, with free and fair reckoning, unbecoming, maybe tax you more, maybe not, who can say? This season I will mostly be into owls and stalks and butterflies and intrinsic value and glycoprotein. Whoever you are on a given day moves towards my retreating back, Love, you cry, and pick up the cookies, and then eat them up. Someone will whip up the back of your neck, egg whites whispering there that there will be a grand future. This is contract. Promising to alleviate our long history of debt, working for free as we do for the sake of being better and more inspiring and fun than, for example, the TLS. But fucking who works for free? Dick Fold and the Deadbeats, Oz Spaz and the Meatheads, Tyson Sparrow and the Jackrabbit of Death do not work for free. Speak into my sleep with the silence of nothing while drugs grip your wife, stress out and toxic with every Chinese minute planned, right down to the last blow dry planned months in advance by Chris, whose own planned blow dry creates passionate planned whack sex, whose widower plans to pay off the credit card bill, but with love. We could be and will get poorer as some richness takes over, or we will get richer as some poverty takes over in a bitch t-shirt. Cope with me, Lehman. Attend to me. Attend to your brother, Lehman. But so many brothers now are staking you out for the count, says I can trade this air too and float my fucking stock out with wash pegs. There was a crash, but nothing ever ended. The abused become the abusers, sometimes in the amorous method. Care does not omit the newspaper, the blank pathos of infatuation, the knowing the world, the making it better, that better is a bind, and loving you, and wanting more for you, all bound. So many of you, so many of me, all wanting, all relative, all. is going to come back on for our third, third and last of our songs. This one is called Apple Pit in the Ground. I built us a table, it sat in my front room, we stained it together. Varnish on the newspaper and all over your cashmere sweater. I built a solid thing for you that I thought would last forever. of people and of things The past in front, the way 
Timandra Harkness, I think I got that right, who's just finished touring Your Days Are Numbered, The Maths of Death in the UK with Matt Parker. Find out more about her at, here we go again, www.timandraharkness.com. And welcome her to the stage. Your name, unless your name is Tamanda Hartness. So, who likes death? Yay! You are an odd crowd, aren't you? Who likes maths? Yay! You're a very odd crowd. Uh, who likes alcohol? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that wasn't the mix I was expecting. Even here, but still. Uh, okay, well, I, I was struck by, yes, I have just finished touring the show about the maths of death, so obviously this is on my mind. Um, I was struck by a news story uh, that came out recently saying, one in eight deaths caused by alcohol. 
And having spent far too much time looking at the maths of death, I thought well, that's, that's very odd, not an easy worrying figure, clearly. Uh, but because it would mean that in a room this size, about seven of you are going to die because of alcohol. Looking at you, I can already make some educated guesses. <laughs> but, but, but having told the show, I can tell you that of the 493,242 people who died in England and Wales for the last year we have figures for, uh, only 8,796 people, I think, I might have got that slightly wrong, but I'm, I'm within about 10, uh, died due to alcohol. Which, as the mathematicians among you will already have guessed, is one in 56. <laughs> so it's only actually one of you is going to die, thanks to alcohol. <laughs> Again, I'll have some ideas about this. Uh, so, uh, so the first message I'd like you to take from that is that you should be very careful when you see a newspaper report saying research shows, because research often shows things that are at odds with what we observe in life. So, for example, again, earlier this year, uh, research showed that people who ate chocolate every day were less likely to be overweight than people who didn't eat chocolate every day. Or it showed that people who are a bit overweight are less likely to say to a researcher, yes, I eat chocolate every day. <laughs> Depending on which way you looked at it. Other marvellous research earlier this year showed that uh, scientists found that eating ice cream was equivalent to taking cocaine. <laughs> so, uh, Radcliffe, you could have saved yourself a lot of trouble <laughs> and just held up a Mr. Whippy van. Uh, and this was one of these studies that they like to do where they, they get people and they put them in an fMRI scanner, which is a like, brain scanner, and they, uh, and they see which bits of their brain light up, and then they compare that with the effects of cocaine. <laughs> Begging the question, how much cocaine do they get through in these studies? And how can I join one? <laughs> but again, in the real world, it's very obvious that there are key differences between ice cream and cocaine. Uh, for a start, nobody steals meat to buy ice cream. <laughs> I, I assume not, anyway, although actually some of the kids around our way probably would, but not a whole leg of lamb. Uh, nobody has managed to smuggle 20 kilos of ice cream into the country by swallowing it. <laughs> well, okay, maybe a few people have smuggled it in, but they struggle to sell it on afterwards. <laughs> and only one of the two substances is socially acceptable when you're offering your neighbour's kids a Coke float. <laughs> and it turns out it's not the one the name suggests. Who knew? <laughs> Radcliffe, obviously. Uh, so, so I thought I would share with you some of the uh, some of the knowledge about alcohol that we learnt when researching our show. Um, and the first thing to be aware of is that uh, alcohol is good for you. Alcohol saves lives because uh, alcohol has a very protective effect on your heart and your circulation system. And diseases of the heart and circulation system they they don't kill one, one in fifty six people. Um, they they don't even kill one in eight people. They kill one in three people. If you're here with two friends, it's probably going to get you or one of your two friends. Not for a very long time, that's the good news. <laughs> Three people on the front row going, well, damn, you both look really healthy, it's probably me. But, uh, but not for a long time, that's the good news. It's, it's probably, like most things, it won't kill you for a very long time. Uh, and alcohol will protect you from it. In fact, alcohol has such a protective effect that if you drink, you are only three quarters as likely to die of one of these things uh, as if you don't drink at all. 
Now, frankly, I've got used to touring with a whiteboard, so I would have drawn you a graph. But apparently normal comedy clubs don't have whiteboards. So instead, you, the front row, you're going to have to be my human whiteboard. Okay? Uh, so, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, I'm going to be kind to you, rest of the audience, and the, the vertical axis is going to be at this end, so you can visualise it better. So the vertical axis at this end uh, is what they call all-cause mortality, or your chance of dying of something. So at the bottom, uh, say on the floor, uh, or no, let's say at seat level, that's, that's where nobody dies, okay? Uh, but obviously all of us are going to die of something, so, so nobody is, nobody's at seat level. Uh, so at this end, we have people who don't drink at all. Inconveniently, it's an empty chair. Um, <laughs> ah, marvellous, okay. Well, that's even better, David. In fact, uh, what I'd like you to do is stand up. Because, as we've just said, people who don't drink at all are more likely to die than people who drink a bit. So actually, no, I'm going to take floor level, because I, I like accuracy here. So you're, you're our mark of people who don't drink are this likely to die, okay? People who drink a bit, you two stay where you are, because you are about three quarters as likely to die as, uh, as, as people who don't drink at all. So you're about right. You can sit up a bit straighter because men are slightly more likely to die than women. So, <laughs> so, so that was about kind of right. Um, you drink hardly anything. So you're probably all right there. It's, it's a bit unclear when people drink very little. But you, you should probably be on a cushion or something, really. But, but that's fine. Uh, and obviously, then, as you drink more, then your chance of dying does go up. So that's very good. That's very, um, you should probably... Probably again, you're probably right because if we take the gender thing, you know, you're again, you're okay. You two at this end, you'll have to stand on your chairs, I'm afraid, to, to get that the effect of the graph. Very carefully. Yeah, take your shoes off. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, it would be ironic if during this bit somebody died, obviously. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's good. And, and yeah, technically, it's all a person to be that side, but let's not take undue risk. So, as you can see, what we've got here is a graph. It starts off up here with your chance of dying if you don't drink anything at all. It drops dramatically if you drink a bit. So think of this as drinking a bit, that's good. And we can actually quantify this. A bit is about 25 grams of alcohol a day for men, slightly less for women, uh, which is about one or two drinks a day, standard drinks. Uh, and then as you drink more and more, your chance of dying goes up into, well, what we could call metrically a gigabit <laughs> or an imperial measures a George Best <laughs> when your chance of dying dramatically goes up. Uh, thank you, you can, you can probably get a round of applause for our wonderful graph. So I hope you've got that in your mind. And the way to remember it, this, this kind of sharp drop followed by a long tail up, is it's the just drink it graph. <laughs> that's, that's the way to bear in mind. Uh, so that's the first thing to remember about alcohol is it, it does directly save your life. The second thing is that uh, being single, on the other hand, is bad for you. Yeah, it's very bad for you. Being married saves your life. And uh, it's very dramatic, especially for men. Oh, no, I don't make this stuff up, honestly. For men, did you smoke? No. No? That's very good. If you smoked, you would raise your chance of dying um, by about 6%. Are you married? Well, I'm afraid you have just raised your chance of dying by about 6%. <laughs> so if you wanted to take up smoking, but you then got married, <laughs> you would adjust your chance of dying right back down again. And my interest in this is altruistic, by the way, because for women it's slightly different. If I smoked, my chance of dying would go up by about 6%. Um, but if I got married, 
uh, then it would only drop by 3%. So in fact, it wouldn't be enough for me just to get married. I'd have to commit bigamy to get the, the same <laughs> protective effect. And the third thing to remember about alcohol is that yes, obviously, as well as the medical effects, every year a certain number of people are killed in alcohol-related accidents. But then again, a certain number of people are caused in alcohol-related accidents. So overpopulation, I like to think that it balances out. Um, and also, it's in the context of good news, because life expectancy is, is going up. So does anyone have, does anyone have children? Yeah. I'm sure yours are planned and wanted. Um, so, but, no, but the good news is, have you heard about this transit of Venus thing happening very, very early tomorrow morning, about four o'clock tomorrow morning? Yeah? It's, it's a, they keep saying, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, apart from the one that happened about four years ago. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, because the next one won't happen for 105 years. But if you have a child under 10, there is actually a fair chance they will live to be at least 100, possibly 105, possibly 110. There's about a one in three chance that a child under 10 now will live to be 100. So if you have a child under 10, do them a favour, get them up very early in the morning, take them out to watch the transit of Venus, because there is a chance that in 105 years' time they will still be alive to watch the next one. But really make sure they're going to remember this one. Do something like all dress up in animal masks. Or sacrifice the family cat. Just so that it's, in, it's embedded strongly in their memories. And 105 years' time, they go, yes, I was only two, but I remember seeing the last transit of Venus. And also ensuring that when they tell people about it, nobody will believe them. It's a win-win situation. OK, I'm going to get off before they ring the bell. And um, welcome back to the stage. David, the man with the national Fantastic. People very rarely welcome me to the stage. I'm always doing that the other way around. So um, as I said at the start, I'm hoping to take this show to Edinburgh in 2013. There's a donation button on the site if you want to try and help me do that. If anyone wants to be part of my team or to offer me any advice, please contact me about it. Yuri at www.shavenravendesigns.co.uk made the logo and the posters. So she's looking for your custom, Yuri is, so, and she has excellently reasonable prices, so find her if you wish. Please tell people about it. There's still going to be podcasts, probably a few more London shows in the run-up to the 2013 festival, and we'll be maintaining a social media presence. We have stand-up tragedy hoodies, which is too hot to wear today to demonstrate, t-shirts, which it's cool enough to wear, mugs, badges, dog coats, and even underwear that you can buy from the website for a really expensive amount of money. <laughs> a sliver of which will come to me and the show, in fact. Because uh, I won't keep it, I will spend it on the show. To donate and to see past and future tragedy, go to www.standuptragedy.co.uk. And we're releasing extracts from all the night, as I said, as free podcasts available through iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Wow, there you go, some music. So this is the intro for our last song from Stand Up Tragedy. It's going to be sung by the reactionaries and hopefully it's also going to be sung by all of you. Now we've lost a few people to trains and lateness and stuff like that and smoking and oh well hopefully or sing much louder. Dry your eyes, it's time to go. Dry your eyes, it's time to go. 
it's time to go. It's time to go. Come on, we can do better than that. This is the last night. It's time to go. There's not even any notes, it's just kind of saying it. It's time to go. The tragedy is over. So let's all leave together. The tragedy is over. So let's all leave together. This is the last time we'll hear this solo.